Hi, this is Doug Diamond with the West Jordan Police Department. You're listening to KU Radio. I'm ABC4 Chief Meteorologist Jim Kosick. While you are not, there's still good news in your future. You're listening to KU. You're listening to KU Radio's only podcast, OU Radio. It's with tremendous pleasure I bring in OU Radio's new co-host, Rebecca. You're listening to KU Internet Radio. We welcome your calls during the show at 801-585-3449. This is OU Listeners, welcome to All Ute Radio, episode 51. Yes, episode 51. (laughs) I like people that stay in chronological order. You're listening to episode 457. (laughs) It is a good week. We just had the long break. What'd you do? Did you enjoy it? I went home to St. George. How was that? Um, Warm. Yeah. Good. I was only down there for two days. Did you get to town? No, not that warm. Did you do some gambling? I don't golf. We did go to Mesquite, but I didn't gamble. Do any moonshining liquor runs? It wasn't as crazy as your break sounds like it must have been. 100 cases of tobacco? (laughs) No? There was a lot of family time, church, (laughs) you know. (laughs) You know how it goes. (laughs) Completely missed it. (laughs) Yeah, pop those mics up. There you go. Quiet. Yeah, it was so beautiful. Like, we had a KU meeting last weekend, and this guy was like, yeah, I totally fixed the mic levels. And I was like, no, you didn't, because we got to <laughs> pop them up every time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and last week they were like, they, they fixed them. They should be right on with the little dots. They never. It's always a lie. So we had quite a hectic week last week you here know. at the University of Utah of Salt Lake City. Some fun stuff went on. Sasha did a whole lot of radio. I did too much radio. <laughs> Not not a, not enough radio. It was a good time though. I was. Did you happen to listen to the MLK presentation that KU did? But it's on KUradio.org. Yes. If anyone's interested. If anyone is interested in one of the most dynamic conversations I've ever heard about race, sexism, injustice, tune in because Dr. Brian Hutchinson uh, hit a home run. Like. I was literally, like, sitting in a corner, like, being silent. Like, I had nothing to say. I was just like... No words. This guy is, like, shaking my whole mind thought. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm excited to listen to it. Keith did fantastic as yeah. a host. He, he really brought some interesting perspectives on being an Afro-American man in this society. And talked a lot about uh, raising your children as minorities because they get picked on and bullied by police officers and such. And Keith is next door getting interviewed by ABC4 right now. Really? By the 
beautiful and talented Nadia Crow at Nadia Crow. <laughs> Nadia <laughs> Crow on Twitter. Yeah. She goes, I go, hi, Nadia. And she goes, hello, stranger. I was like, hi. Which is big improvement for me because a couple of the reporters from ABC were on the football field earlier this year. I walked up to them, you know, because I was head of security down there for the Pac-12. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, hey. And they looked at me like completely scared in the eyes, like because they weren't supposed to be down there. And you know, I was going. I was like, "What are you doing? How are you?" And they had no idea who I was. <laughs> I felt like such a jerk. I was like, "Oh, I used to work with you. I used to work. <laughs> We've known each other for thirty years, but." Yeah. So at least now, like one of their main anchors remembers me, so I'm happy. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. Have you seen those advertisements all around, uh, all around the union and the campus for like the credit union? And all it says is board with your wardrobe, but they highlight the red in board, like in yes, red, as if it's that. pronounced bow red. <laughs> and then the, the tagline for the ad is, then stop by the university credit union and you'll get a free shirt if you sign up. It's <laughs> like, oh. There's that shirt I needed for my wardrobe. So we have really exciting news for all of you listeners today. Huge. We have the ASUU president, Sam, coming in studio in about four minutes or so. I'm yes. excited for this. It's going to be good. I have a lot of questions. What calendar do I go to to find out what's going on at the University of Utah? Is there even one? <laughs> yes. That's Can I big make question. one? <laughs> and then after Sam Ortiz. We have the brilliant... The beautiful, the hilarious, the tender-hearted Patrick Ramirez at seven. Friend of the show, the only friend of KU. We only the have only one friend. friend. Yes. Don't count those fifty-something likes on Facebook. <laughs> we have one friend, old Pat. And uh, if you do go on our Facebook page and you see Johnny McKeon posting on it, punch s- him. Say hey, hey, get out. You quit the show. That means no Facebook rights. He opened the door for an improvement. Yes. We should be thanking him. Yes. So I think it'd be with tremendous kindness if we popped a break so we didn't have to keep our guest yes. going. We're going to go to a few promos, but then we'll be right back yes. for some really heated radio. Yes. Just kidding. I don't even know. No, we will be doing be a nice who, what, when, where, why of ASUU and how you can get involved with student government. And maybe I'll ask this fine gentleman some other questions. <laughs> so, so we are going to go to promos. We'll be right back. Yes. Thank you for listening to KU Internet Radio, providing you with the sounds of student life. If there's something you want to hear, feel free to call in at 801-585-3449. You can also hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash KU Radio or on Twitter at K underscore U-T-E. up on sex 
Don't give up on birth control either. There are more methods than you think. Visit Bedsider.org to compare all the choices and put the bogus myths to bed at Bedsider.org. Brought to you by Bedsider and the Ad Council. Bedsider.org. Welcome back to Radio. I, you guys, sometimes it doesn't listen. I clicked it. Welcome back. Good. Now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> no, all you radio, we have with us in studio uh, ASUU president Sam Ortiz. Hello, sir. Hey, thanks for having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's uh, I feel like I'm sitting down with the president. <laughs> we are <laughs> a president, <laughs> kind of. Uh, yeah. So you're like the most powerful person on campus, right? Well, that you is not true. No? <laughs> I, I like to think I have uh, you know a small amount of influence, but <laughs> I uh, no, I, just a. Uh, just one cog Just in the grand scheme. Do you, say, do you hand out business cards that say, <laughs> I am Sam, president of the U? I, I do have business cards, <laughs> and they may or may not have uh, my title on them. <laughs> you seem like a very humble man to me. Every time I see you, you <laughs> shake hands with people. and. Oh, thanks for saying that, yeah. So professional. <laughs> So how did you get involved with the ASUU? Yeah, so uh, I actually started out at Salt Lake Community College, and uh, I transferred over here um, two years ago, and uh, I was fortunate enough to actually land a job working at the front desk in the ASUU office. So obviously um, that got me immediately exposed to uh, ASUU. I, I, I learned uh, all about it really, really fast and uh, was really um, impressed with everything that, that went on. It was a really fun environment, really warm and welcoming. Um, it helped me uh, like feel at home at the University of Utah and kind of just quickly fell in love with, uh, with the office and the staff and, and everyone involved. What is the goal of ASUU? The goal of ASUU, there's uh, a few primary functions. I mean, first we we advocate for students and student issues, and then we try and uh, provide opportunities for for meaningful student involvement, um, so that the whole you know college experience is more than just going to class. So, if you're a political science student, and you you know let's say your long term goal is to have a career in politics, whether it's in the legislative sure. or just in general government. Is that a good platform for students to get into? Yeah. And, and so, I mean, specifically for, you know, poli-sci majors, I think the, the experience is invaluable. But I think all, you know, majors and all backgrounds would find meaningful, you know, experiences in ASU. Leadership looks good on any resume. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you can fluff it up a little, <laughs> Just, you know? Yeah. No wonder <laughs> my resume is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you have your own radio show. That's, that's a, in something. If I were a freshman student yeah. and I wanted to become president, student body president <laughs> yeah. at the University of Utah, uh, how would someone go about that? That's a great question. Uh, you know, I didn't, so I didn't set out, obviously, to be student body president or vice president. Um, what I did just kind of naturally was was get involved in a lot of things. And, and I did that primarily because I wanted to see what was out there and, and I was just exploring my options. And, and so by getting involved in a lot of different things, not just ASU, but throughout the, the university, I, I was able to, to make you know connections. I was able to learn about uh, people from different backgrounds and 
and um and and hopefully through that process i grew as well as a person and, and as an individual and i was able to contribute in small ways to different things that were going on on campus and, and so then that translated really well when i when i was approached about maybe uh you know running for for office i didn't do those things specifically <laughs> to run for office but like i mentioned it translated really well and so I, i'm happy that i did do those things regardless of being president but yeah it did help seems like a lot of friendship inside the asuu office uh you got a ping pong table <laughs> there's people always laying around reading books and yeah. eating pizza yeah. that's so if you're a new student here and you want to find a place to meet friends and have endearing lifelong friendships asuu is a good spot yeah i would definitely say so uh, because i've experienced it personally and and i know this year specifically we tried to create uh, a culture or a climate that promotes that so we added the ping pong table uh, and, and we hope people feel comfortable just coming in and using it and and we have those couches we got new couches over the summer so people can just hang out we have that tv um you don't have to reserve any of that you can just walk in and and you know plop on a couch and um do homework read a book just listen to music whatever whatever you want to do in between classes or after class uh, and then there's always things happening, you know, uh, planning for events uh, or, you know, whatnot. And you can easily jump on, on onto any of those projects. What's the toughest thing or the biggest challenge for you as student body president? I think there's just uh, <laughs> there's a large variety of things that I need to do and I, that I, I get to oversee. And uh, and so trying to balance all the many different things that not just ASUU is doing, but that the university is doing, and that I have uh, a role in as a, as a student advocate. Um, you know, from President Pershing and Board of Trustees down, I, I have the opportunity to be involved in a lot of different things. And, uh, and I'm still a student, mm -hmm. and so I have to also remember that. And uh, so just kind of juggling all the different meetings and committees and boards that I, I have the opportunity to, to represent students on. How many hours a day do you work here on campus with school, with, you know, your classes and s homework? Uh, with school and homework? Mm -hmm. um, I find that I spend all day on campus every day. Uh, some days I'm here as early as 7 to get a, a little bit of an early start for my meetings, and I'm here as late as 6.37. So my days can, can be I, – I typically have 12-hour long days, and that includes going to class, and, and then I – go home and do a little bit of homework. I like it. I like <laughs> a hard-working man on this <laughs> campus. <laughs> <laughs> I have a major problem here, and okay. one of the reasons <laughs> why I wanted to have you come in is whether it was Johnny McKean who was in here or the beautiful Rebecca who's here. Hola. One of our jobs here for KU Internet Radio is to tell our audience upcoming events that are happening sure, on yeah. campus. Where do I go? That's, you know, that's <laughs> a great question, and I... And actually recognize <laughs> that ACU in particular doesn't do as great of a job as we could. We have a great marketing team that works incredibly hard to, to get our events out there. Um, one of our weak spots is our website. <laughs> and we have, um, we have been working actually throughout last semester to um, put together a, a new website, which we'll be unveiling here soon. And that by the fall semester, can we guarantee a by fall I, semester? I think, I think I'm comfortable guaranteeing something by fall, and that hopefully will be the hub 
where where we can direct everyone to to have a comprehensive you know ACU staff. but for the chem students the psych students the medical school the law school business sure. can we get everybody oh, like so, piped into ah, one ah, place I see what you're, right what you're saying. So that's another challenge because, <laughs> <laughs> so our, our our school is huge it's like a it's like a small city yeah there's 34,000 kids it's like a small city <laughs> and, it, but and and every every college you know, they, they have their programming and events, and there is a, there are a hundred different groups on campus doing a, a thousand different things. Coordinating all of that is uh, would be quite the feat, and I'm not sure how we what's the best way of going about that. Uh, that would be like a full time job for one individual, and maybe or that's like a that board of students from each college, kind of how you have the freshmen. Yeah, what is it called? That board that's helps freshmen specifically. Yeah, the first year council. The first year council or yeah. something like that. You could, I guarantee you could get someone from each college who wants yeah. to be on a board that would be like, I will report That's the calendar of events from really my should. school yeah. and then compile it into one day by day that's like a, thing on yeah. a website. You know, because there's a, a lot idea. of concerts and things at the School of Music where no one mm. knows about it. But people would go if they knew. Or yeah. poetry slams or yeah. readings or neat little... Um, yeah. scientific breakthroughs that mm. happen here almost on a daily occurrence. There's yeah. pressers and everything. That well, is, uh, you know, um, that's actually, those are some really great ideas. I uh, I, I think I, We're yeah. full of them. That's we, why we have a show. Uh, we'll definitely <laughs> start having those conversations. And, and w you know what, unfortunately, we're only here for one year, so we have a few sure. months left. W maybe what I could do is, is pass that on to the next group and maybe get it to a place where they can implement that. I appreciate it because... It really is s like when we're reading, go to this, go to this, and then we'll get emails. Well, what about us? How come you don't promote us? Yeah, yeah. It, we're you know, <laughs> I don't know. Cause <laughs> we tried our best. Yeah. But it, it's that's one of the neat things about this world coming to an Internet environment is people still realizing how disconnected you still are yeah. from <laughs> your community, even though they tell us that the Internet is this environment that, brings us all together and it's like no <laughs> yeah. it's so tough <laughs> <laughs> no and uh, you know and like i like i mentioned i know asu could definitely do a better job and uh, and definitely the university is is much too segmented as as it is right now and and we could use a little more unity at least in in terms of programs and events going on mm -hmm. so what is one thing that you've really tried hard this last year to bring to the campus i think one thing that is always on my mind is making sure to reach out and represent students from underrepresented populations and and, and to be specific um, you know uh, diversity is a priority for our, our university but um, there are groups of students who um, who who have very specific unique challenges and who aren't always included in what the university is is doing and whether that's intentional or unintentional I, I came in wanting to make sure that everyone had better access and um, that they felt represented through our programming. And so I have worked hard to, to um, do some diversity training. Um, we're in, we're hoping for professors and students, correct? For professors primarily and students, our student leaders. Pro professors. Uh, the, uh, we've, we've been doing that with our student leaders. That's something that I was able to do. But for professors who maybe just aren't um, as aware of some of the issues and a lot of times in the classrooms there will be maybe discriminatory remarks and and that may be one student to another student and the professor may hear it and not know how to handle it or the resources available to to address that and 
And so these students are, are maybe feeling uncomfortable or unsafe in the classrooms. And so we just want to give these tools and resources to our, our professors so that we can create a safe campus and cl climate um, regardless of where students are at. An inclusive environment. An inclusive yes. environment, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I know that's been a, that's what been one of my big goals this year. I know that one of the big goals on campus here is to bring in non-gender specific bathrooms. Yeah. How do you, do you have any updates on that? Do you know how that's been going? Um, so th yeah, I, I don't have a ton of updates. I can say that th there are, these are conversations that are, are being had and they're a little, so there, there's multiple sides, obviously sure. to that that's a, an extra sensitive side because there are people who feel pretty strongly on both sides of the issue and and one of the the things that um that is discussed always is safety uh, i was just I gonna mean. say i mean i'm all for equality in a whole lot of areas sure. but late at night different bathrooms if it doesn't look weird that a guy is following a girl in and that doesn't set off any sure. red flags and no because yeah. you have the non-gendered like uh -huh. because it's okay you never know. Yeah. It just makes it that much easier it for those things to happen, especially on a campus where that stuff does happen it a lot. Exactly. And so that is why, I mean, we want to create that, that equality for, for individuals who uh, may be transgendered or um, not um, cisgendered. And so, but we also want to be, uh, have a safe environment mm -hmm. for, for everyone. So finding that balance is not easy. But I think there are solutions. I mean, we're a university. We we have very intelligent people. Yes. Presumably we on are this a think campus, tank. And, and finding ways to, to to get solutions that meet both of those needs of safety yeah. and. I mean, I would quality. not have a problem if there were both. I would just use the female bathroom if that's what I was comfortable sure, with. Yeah. See, I, I wrote an article on this about a year ago, and I interviewed Kai Medina Martinez, uh, the resource. Uh, supervisor of the LGBT Resource mm -hmm. Center, yeah. and they said to me that um, that straight people or even some gay and lesbian people take for granted the ease of just going to the bathroom. Yeah. For our transgendered brothers and sisters, it's almost a nightmarish scenario trying to just go to the bathroom during the day. Yeah. And I remember studying with Dr. Kim Mangan the seriousness of yeah. allowing these students to have the intellectual peace of mind to use yeah. the restroom. So that's why I brought it up is sure. because it's still in the back of my head. Yeah. And I know that in this building, in the union, the Ray Olpine Union building, we don't have a gender neutral we bathroom. We don't. And it's, it's a poor substitute, but we do have the family restroom yes. downstairs mm -hmm. that, that are an option and they're private. Yes. So uh, it, it provides for the safety mm -hmm. concern. Yes. So you're not gonna have someone following you um, and it also allows uh, but it is it isn't exactly what we're looking for either I, I think I think kind of like relegating you know um, these like you mentioned our transgender brothers and sisters to kind of like a separate class uh, um, isn't necessarily I yeah. what we're looking for either I'm I'm personally uh, you know hoping for a, a, a solution I don't know what that looks sure. like um, Let's keep that fight going forward. Yeah. Good sir. Good sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a student here in 2000. I, I'm an older guy now. I'm 33. Yeah. I left because I had a kid. Yeah. When I was here the first time, I didn't enjoy being a student here. Okay. I enjoyed some of the professors, but when I'm here today, I love it here. Great. I, I love how easy it is to communicate with students. Like when I was first here, 
it was so difficult even to sit down with a an advisor like a <laughs> counselor <laughs> and and trying to figure out all these classes that you have to take and you know I was taking classes that I shouldn't have been taking and <laughs> yeah. but there were so many students on campus yeah. and now there's really a good resource for students so I know that you have to go and you have to go study but if there's if we have a student oh listening here or when they listen or if they listen to it on demand and they're struggling whether with grades with finances yeah. with trying to find a job how can they get help yeah so if, if there's a student struggling and you know like you mentioned, that that struggle might look like a lot of different things. Whatever, whatever it be, I uh, I would hope that they'd feel comfortable just coming to ACU. We have quite a bit of resources. We we have one board in particular, our student advocacy board, that is completely dedicated to helping ish, uh, students who are, who are um, facing uh, struggles, whether that be with uh, getting an emergency loan, or if they're if they if they don't have food, we have food vouchers. Uh, available for them or uh, if, if they're struggling with uh, paying rent uh, or other landlord issues uh, this board is dedicated to helping students resolve any issues that might preclude them from from coming to school and being successful at school and if they don't have the immediate solutions they are dedicated to helping find those solutions and and they have connections to a large number of resources outside of ACU uh, so our Braxton Detson Yes. Formerly was B Rax on the tracks. <laughs> yes. Um, he is a great man, and uh, and he has worked incredibly hard to make his board a one-stop shop for student issues and helping resolve student issues. I like that. And, and if and if we don't have the solution, we will work hard to to get that so uh, get a solution. Before we go, are there any events this month? that ASU yeah. is putting on or we that we should be aware we of? We have some great events coming up just in the next few weeks. Well, first of all, I want to highlight the MLK week. Uh, we're about halfway through. We, we had uh, Trayvon Martin's mother, Sabrina Fulton, yes. here on campus. We had the MLK parade yesterday. We had a panel discussion today. We'll have Joaquin Zicuatanejo. He's a spoken word artist, uh, world-renowned, and he will uh, be performing. I've seen him perform. He's amazing. That's tomorrow here in the Union at noon. In the ballroom. In the ballroom. Uh, then we have Mark Lamont Hill. Nice. Uh, he's uh, also uh, pretty well known. If you watch Fox, CNN, MSNBC, mm -hmm. you've probably seen him commentating on, on issues. And he's uh, very outspoken. And I think he speaks r really well to maybe our generation. That's uh, Thursday. Saturday we have our conference on social awareness with a special emphasis on disability issues um, our diversity board has really tackled that issue this year it's one issue that sometimes gets overlooked mm -hmm. and we have a, a growing population of, uh, of students with um, you know diverse needs yeah uh, one of the tough things because we're on a giant hill <laughs> yeah. is watching those men and women having to push themselves up the hill in a wheelchair it's yeah. brutal yeah. to watch and you watch all these kids just walk right on by them and it's like Sure, and, and, and those those issues are all, are very diverse, and it's the you know the students who who use wheelchairs are very visible, but there's a, a large breadth of yes. of disabilities that are not as visible, and we also want to uh, advocate for those students. Uh, so that's that's all this this week. Uh, that's Saturday, uh, starting at noon, and then we have a great fun event next Friday. It, we're, we're throwing a masquerade ball. Oh, in the Rice Eccles. The Rice Eccles Tower. So Sometimes. it's uh. $10 per student, $15 for a couple. 
we'll be uh, having stations next week where you can make your own mask. Nice. Uh, decorate your own mask. Is it like a formal? Semi-formal. Can you formal. wear a luchador mask? Yeah. Can I go in a luchador <laughs> mask? Because well, we are discussing we it. I was considering. I, I don't think so. There are, there are security issues as well where uh, oftentimes with that kind of anonymity, people are more disposed to, to misbehaving. But <laughs> I'll just paint my mask like a luchador yeah. mask. So there may be some restrictions there, but it's, you know, we did a survey. One of the things that students mentioned they wanted more of was more formal dances we yeah. have crimson nights that upc does those who long for high school prom are like uh, i got these dresses so we we hope that this masquerade ball is successful uh we we i think a lot of students will uh are, will enjoy it uh it's we definitely want it to be a classy fun event so Formal dress code ties, formal, but you guys, know, no one will be no. turned away. I mean, you can <laughs> <laughs> do your best. Do your best. Do your uh, give it a college try. It's, it's, it's you don't have a dress in your <laughs> dorm room. Yeah, it's an opportunity. If you want to do something super yeah. formal, then you can. But if if you don't, then then come as you are as well. You know. Uh, so I'm excited for that one. I love fun. Yeah. So those are just the next two weeks, and we'll make sure to connect you with future events. Beautiful. Well. well, I appreciate your leadership. It's been a I've enjoyed being a student while you've been uh, my president. So <laughs> well, thank, thank you, my good president, sir. It's, it's nice to, to hear that. You're a gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are great, and uh, I, I hope uh, I hope you have good listenership. I'll definitely uh, make sure everyone. Yeah, I we love ASU. We've in. been teaming up with ASU for the Lunchbox concert series. Awesome. And all kinds of stuff. So. Yeah, we'll have Grant. It's a good little friendship between KU and ASUU. Oh, have you guys announced who's coming on yet? We haven't. Uh, I know who, but I cannot <laughs> announce it. I've got the secret. I have the. the <laughs> I happen to to have that information. Maybe we can uh, partner with you guys again to to do a little fun reveal. Done uh, deal. I'll, yeah. So we'll, we'll get our we fearless do. leader, William we'll Hatton, on this one. <laughs> we'll pop Will out of a cake <laughs> with Will the <laughs> face of the <laughs> artist yes. on a poster board. Yeah. I like you know? where you're going with this. It. Make yeah. it big. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, well thank you yeah, for coming having on. Me on. It's our pleasure. We're going to go to promos, and then we'll be back. So thanks for listening, guys. Me, me, me. You are listening to KU Internet Radio for students by students at the University of Utah. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash radio or on Twitter at K underscore UTE for anything and everything going on at the U. I've got one. I've got one. Yeah, I've got one. My one reason for donating plasma to make sure that patients like my son have long, healthy lives. My reason to help my family. It's something I can do to show I care about my community. There are millions of reasons to donate plasma. You only need one. Donate today by visiting Biomat, Plasma Care, or Talacris Plasma Resources, one of our Griffles companies. New donors can earn up to $360 this month, 630 West North Temple and 38 East 800 South, Salt Lake City. Uh, I'm so frustrated. Hey, Anna, what's up? I've got so many bills, and I have no idea how I'm going to be able to pay my tuition this semester. Well, I can't grant any wishes, but I know a place where people might be able to help you out. Really? Where's that? The Personal Money Management Center in the Union. They can't pay your bills for you, but they can definitely put you on the right path and help you find most solutions to your problems. I didn't know there was something like that for students on campus. 
Yeah, the Personal Money Management Center provides a lot of great services for students, including how to create a personalized budget, education about habits when it comes to income, savings, and expenses, and learning how to better understand your credit score. I'll definitely have to check them out. Where are they at again? They're in the University of Utah Union Building on the third floor, room 316. For more information about the Personal Money Management Center, visit their website at asuupmmc.utah.edu. Special guest on. <laughs> you might have heard of him. Mr. Jerry Garcia. I have asked for this radio and television time tonight for the purpose of announcing that we today have concluded an agreement to end the war and bring peace with honor in Vietnam and in Southeast Asia. Hey, this is Bob Bedore with Quick Wits, and you're listening to KU Radio, the only real radio at the University of Utah. Just fat. Insight, foresight, more sight. The clock on the wall reads a quarter past midnight. Welcome back, listeners, to All Ute Radio. I like this. I like it. We have the brilliantly funny, the friend of the show, Patrick Ramirez. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's Hi our Rebecca. pleasure. I've never met you before. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So what's going on? Oh, not much. Thanks for having me, guys. It's, it's been a pleasure. little bit since I was on last. Yes. No stranger to All Ute Radio. Yeah, I'm a vet. We might have to make you a once-a-month guest. I feel like I should get a T-shirt. <laughs> 
I'm sure we can arrange that. I have a KU t-shirt I could probably give you, but I don't. We need to make all you t-shirts. Yes. There's an art department at this school, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's some starving student. We can pay Those $20, m- right? Mouth-breeding, drooling <laughs> people, yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make them earn that. Mm-hmm. So how's... Okay, you're a comedian in Salt Lake City, right? Yeah, who are you? That's right. I have a question about the word comedian. There's a lot of people in this city that don't get paid for doing stand-up. Can you call yourself a comedian if you're not getting paid? Uh, what are the, what's the ethics on yeah, that? Yeah, I, I would say I've heard a few schools of thought on it, and there's one that I probably prescribe to, but I, I think it's it's fair to say as soon as you go on stage and attempt comedy on say like a regular basis, I would say you're you're a comedian. How many However, times a month? A month? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get the rules here. You know. Well, I, I think there's a lot of rules, but the one thing that was said to me that rang true or that made the most sense is until you've headlined a comedy club, you are not really a true, you know, a professional comedian yet. So I like that. That sort of like rings true yeah. to me. Beyond that, if you're around town and you're doing something that I would say is beyond an open mic, I would say you're a comedian. You know, so that's sort of like the barometer. I would use. You got open micers, you got feature acts, you got showcase acts, you got headliners. You know, all comedians, but in a different sort of like realm. It's kind of like imagine like you have an internship somewhere, right? Or you're a manager, or you're a boss. It's sort of like that. You're essentially doing the same thing, but a different sort of pay grade. Is that? Do people do that? You know, whether they put it on their Facebook or Twitter, or Twitter or whatever else they use. I'm a comedian. Do they do that because they're lying or? They're just trying to I, I participate that's in a, something they're not. That's a weird one. That's a big gray. That's right? a yeah, weird so. one. That's that's a weird one. Yeah, because you know we can. Maybe do they're anything. faking it till you make it. You know, like just tell everyone you're a comedian until you magically yeah, become and I one. Can, I can <laughs> understand that. You gotta you gotta you know dress for the job you want, but yeah, at some point when you're getting, you know, twelve. Facebook notifications to like everybody's comedian page. That can get a little annoying. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but if you want to call yourself a comedian after doing a few open mics, I'm fine with that. I'm not going to split hairs. Uh-huh. Do your thing. But the one thing I did here is you're not a professional comedian until you've headlined a comedy club. That, I think, holds true. Okay, not a coffee shop, not a bar, but a club. Yeah. I yeah. like this. Yeah, that's, yeah, that made sense to me when it was told to so me. So we can take the populations of comedians in Salt Lake City Whittle them and down. cut it down in half, like I, right I now. Yes, you could. Yes, you could. <laughs> I like you this. You made the cut. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That would be my, my two cents on it. Makes sense to me when I heard it. So how is the comedy scene in Salt Lake so Yeah, it's pretty so good. Far? I mean, there's a lot of places you can get to to watch and to do comedy. You know, during the week, there's and then if where's the be- I've never even been to a comedy club. No, you've I've lived been? here four years, have not you, once. You certainly have seen comedy, you know, TV shows and things like that. I laugh here and there. Occasionally. Well, I mean, I think say like from a spectator's perspective, you say I want to go watch some local comedy. You got um, a lot of bar, coffee shop sort of open mic uh-huh. sort of shows you can go to. Um, and then we have, like, great comedy clubs here in town, too, where you could see a nationally touring act yeah. come through. And that's a, yeah, that would be your most, like, traditional sense. Like Wise Guys. Of a, There's the three Wise of Guys, them. Yeah, is the comedy club. I've only ever there. heard of Wise Guys, but I've yeah. never been. Yeah, five yeah, monkeys. Th- five monkeys, they usually have 
comedy once that's a week, one right? Two, yep. Yeah. And the local stuff, the non, I guess you would call it non-comedy club pl- places, have great shows, too. The Complex, right? Is there another? Uh, complex ended. There's no more Complex. Okay. Uh, Tuesday nights. It's, there's another one now, another Tuesday nighter. But, um, but yeah, there's great ways to sort of experience it from a local level and in the sense to see the nationally touring acts. Like the nationally touring acts, you could see someone you've seen on TV or someone you've seen on Conan O'Brien or the Tonight Show, and you could see them live. That's the cool thing about it is you see them and you see their face, and it's a small club, so it's like it's not a huge theater, and that's kind of cool. And you may see a local person you've seen before middle or host a show too. So it's kind of a different vibe. There's a lot of different ways to sort of enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, so if you haven't gone to it before, you can just I jump right I'm in doing and just this see week. what I'm doing this week. Yeah, just see what's up with it. And then we have the comedy troops. We have Quick Wits around town, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. If We actually have tickets, so if you guys want to tweet me or hit us up on Facebook, um, Facebook. you can come up and I'll give you t- uh, get in free tickets for Quick Wits. So oh, there you go. I enjoy them. I, f- I, went them, I went there, I don't know, about a month ago and saw them. How hard did you giggle? Uh, it's pretty consistently. Like I laugh all the time as it is, <laughs> but when yeah. I <laughs> when I get to have a couple of beers and I'll laugh all day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you've never been to a comedy club, you know of comedians. Is there people you like, or like locally? No, no, like nationally. You know, if I were to say a few names of of famous comedians, yeah, I'd probably you know who they are. You would know. Yeah, okay. I'm aware. Should You're we aware. should we quiz her right now? <laughs> Mitch made Mitch made me the whole drive to St. George, or mm-hmm. where did we drive? Somewhere. Listen to a comedian. Uh-huh. What's his last name? Is Gaffigan or something? Yeah, Gaffigan's yeah. Yeah, the whole thing, and we yeah. laughed. I laughed a lot. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. So I know who he is. Yeah, it's, it's like that sort of. But in so if I if I put on this person's name, turn this on real quick. Ow. Hey, behave yourself. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I should take you it got off. Do you know who that is? Out. <laughs> I ain't working out. I ain't jogging. I'm not profiling, but I'm assuming he's African American. Yes. <laughs> you don't know who that is. You know who that is? I thought like even the laugh. How old like are Chappelle? you? Like <laughs> Chappelle? No, that was uh, Chris Rock. I don't know what he sounds like. Really? Because I've never watched any. We of have it. to change this. You guys. Yes. I must not even like laughing. You got the <laughs> internet? <laughs> <laughs> Where have you been? What's the internet? <laughs> I've seen some. You guys, All I'm right. not that bad. So funny, funny person. If you would have showed me a picture or watched like a video, I'd have been like, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but who is like a funny person you know of? Say just like a, in movies, who would say is funny comedically? Makes you laugh. Tina Fey. Okay, yeah, there you go. Aziz Ansari. Yeah. I like that whole little gang. Okay. That kind of humor. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Parks and Rec gets me. All right. Those are good examples of, of comics. I don't think all of them do. I never really so liked that. Well, I watched one of the Aziz like stand up mm-hmm. ones, and I didn't love it. Uh-huh. But I think he's funny when people write the parts for him. I don't think he's a great stand up. No, I didn't game. love the really stand up. I liked one of his specials a lot. I really liked it a lot. I watched one and didn't love it, but I like I when he says him. boom. <laughs> Boom! He's got that cadence where he's like something, 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 and then something. So do you <laughs> know this talk. person here? Ow! All right. I don't even know why we have a piggy bank in the studio. Because yeah, I'm Jewish. <laughs> do you know who this is? And all you can think of is I gotta get the f- out of here. I'm not even gonna pretend. I don't know. That's George Carlin. Oh. That might have been a deeper pull. 
You yeah, I like think like so. Over thirty, much less over sixty. What are you talking about? I'm thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> this girl mo- moisturizes. I can tell you right now. So, for any of you who aren't familiar, let me give a cheap plug. I think for the first twenty shows, when KU's copyright issues were different, uh, we used to do a thing called the Comedy Cubicle Corner, where the last forty-five minutes we would literally go through a timeline of the comedians or comedians. And so you can go from like episode one to 20 and just fast forward to the last hour and you can hear, I think we've got about 20 or 25 comedians playing. In here? You've interviewed and stuff? No, we, we just cheated and just played their bits at the end of it, right? Oh, so, I gotcha. So we'd play two minutes of Carland, then we'd talk about oh, it, then okay. we'd play another two minutes up, you know. That sounds funny chronic. and fun. It was. We you ran into copyright issues with that? Well, now that we didn't back then because yeah. our license was different. Yeah. But now we are under real serious copy. We can play anything live. Like I could, I, we could walk out of here and I could play three hours straight of George Carlin. Uh-huh. But I can't put that onto our podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So ever since that time period, we don't play any comedy really because I want I want our on-demand listeners to have as close to as an experience as our live okay. listeners. So I'll just I follow. We'll train you up. up. Yes, stand up is it, whenever you're in a really mad mad mood. Like finding a good comic is um, one way to get your aggression out because they'll put the aggression on them and you know and they'll make themselves awkward and. And you can take you. It just is a transfer of anger. I yeah, think. I think it's just a, from a performer standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's performing, doing a thing, and in this particular media, it's just funny. There's no effects. There's no theatrics. It's just a, somebody with a microphone being funny. You know. But there's like, like different kinds of funny. Like there's oh the people absolutely. who are funny because they're funny. Like the things they're saying are hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who, like, really make it big, but they're only funny because no one thinks they're funny, and you're just watching them, and you're like, this is hilarious, because Some no one, it's, do you know what I mean? Well, funny's a pretty broad <laughs> catch-all, you know? So, and of course, like, us being all different people and different backgrounds and all that stuff, we all find different things funny. So, you know, you kind of find your group or your sensibility or what you like, and then that's, that's, that's a good in its own way, you know? That's why there's no real way to say... You know, I don't know why that guy is it gets all, is all popular because he's not really that funny. Well, somebody finds it funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like movies. You know, there's a ton of movies that everybody likes that I hate, and there's a bunch of movies I like that everybody hates. So it, it's like that. It's like that sort of realm. Is it hard to understanding that? With that said, s- doing stand up in front of 250 people, 300 people, that's got to be difficult because you kind of have to frame your jokes for more of a wide spectrum, right? Yeah, I think so. I think. The bigger the audience, the more of like a kind of like a slice of the socioeconomic place you have. So, you know, you, you wonder if your stuff is relatable. That being said, if you're going into a super big show, I wouldn't change your, your stuff for that audience. Just do your thing mm-hmm. because you got to swing your biggest bat at that point. So, but I mean, if you got a crowd of 200 people, Chances are you've got a pretty good, pretty good slice of folks that are going to understand what you got. Yeah. yeah. Unless you really tank. <laughs> <laughs> Could happen. Could happen. <laughs> so the last time I saw you, I guess, was five, six weeks ago on campus where they yeah. were doing some type of comedy Oh, yeah. Thing they had a show here. Yeah? 
that I did, and I think that's going to start up again probably in a week or so, last I heard. Really? Yeah, yeah. Guys who, who ran it have a good idea, trying to get some some activity going. It was fun. If you did, do me the favor and tell them to get a hold of me. We'd like to get this thing idea. promoted. One, yeah. I think a couple of them are students here. Yeah, I think, I think it's from the Student it. Comedy Club who, you know, these things with young comics is most – young men don't shower anyways so these guys don't shower they don't shave so for them to get a hold of me is we're still talking about the show right yes really no it's true it's true i ran into them like a week ago and i was going to go over and talk to him but i was trying to track down an interview i was like wow these are some very bearded people really <laughs> yeah you should oh, see wow. me when i have my beard going <laughs> oh, <man. It's> <laughs> I look like Sasha. It's rough. Man. It's work. Thanks. <laughs> it takes all of November for me to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people grow beards and mustaches for that no shave November, but you true. I really get at it. I'm like Rogaine for my f- moisturizer routine. Yeah, any guy can grow a, grow a beard for November. But not every woman do. can, okay? <laughs> and well. Come on, ladies. I'm not talking patches everywhere. It's the program. filled in. I'm talking the Manicured. Do you record your stand-up acts or anything? Yeah, sometimes. Do you put sometimes. A, Do you post them out or anything? Uh, Not really. Not a lot of them. There's probably a few posted on there. But mainly I'll do a lot of recording of um, the audio. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's easy. You can just drop your phone in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And hit the record, and then you can listen to it later and, and hear the beats and see where you said spoke incorrectly or said uh too much or you know lost your place. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to do though because I mean, no one. I mean, you don't want to hear your own voice. Ugh. No one wants tell to hear your own voice. Tell me about it. I first, do. Like, Sasha could tell you. <laughs> he was like, I put this show up. Go listen to it. I was like, no, no. Yeah, no, I, I don't no, want to hear please, my own no. voice. See, I don't have that problem. Yeah. You don't at all? No, I'll... Oh, my God. You don't hear yourself, and you're like, what? Vain, vain Why do I sound like that? Me. I mean, I'm not saying... <laughs> I kind of hear my own voice in these... In I know. Headphones. Even the headphones is a bit <laughs> much. Oh, man. I hope it sounds But I do it for the same reason. So I can... Uh, the only part that really makes me m- mad is, at least on radio, is when I'm factually incorrect. And that usually happens in sport talk. Which is even the worst time to do it, because then you have those sport nerds like. You get some sport hate. <laughs> yes. It's sport hate sport for sure. Hate. I could, I see that. I would get mad at sports announcers when they misspeak or when yes. they say something. Like, you should know that. <laughs> I was uh, watching the playoff game a few weeks ago. It was the New England. Who do they play? Who do they play? And the running football, back had football, like seven football. touchdowns. And the announcer's like, the fantasy owners are going crazy over this stuff. It's like, fantasy ended three weeks ago, man. Man, you, you should know this. He's like, fantasy owners, I was like, oh, my God, come on, man. That, and when they, like, pronounce something wrong or where something is obvious and they miss it, you know, it, it can drive you a little crazy if you really are, like, watching something intently. You're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> are you getting paid for this? Yeah, I just don't like to hear myself. <laughs> I don't oh. think anybody does. If Except I heard myself on recordings, I'd be like, I don't even But it has helped. Thing. Has anyone noticed? I've tried not to say like as much. Yes. The count has gone down. Oh, I when, I first, started, when <laughs> I first started. When I first started, every other word was um or yeah. but or uh. See, I don't have too much of a problem with the ums or like, the uhs. But you're very but smart. Like, and you've been doing radio for like two years, too. So yeah. I'm sure you've Probably self-corrected. Got a little, you, got, you got your, your radio legs. Yeah. yeah. I ran on them. 
but it's tough to broadcast. Like, especially, like, if you take a pause, right, like a two-second pause, it's like, oh, no, did I go too long? Is there, are we going to get tuned out? Like, You know, like, all the radio tricks of, like, resetting? And do you do the weather on, on here? Do you have, like, a bit <laughs> of, like, slightly technical... Techno stuff we could put on here. I got some stuff that I can pull up. I got <laughs> some stuff. Let's do like okay. morning zoo. Okay, hold on. Oh, we, we had fun with this one <laughs> show. When we were filling the blank radio last semester, we had some fun with the so, yeah. some sounds. <laughs> yeah, those, those drive me nuts. They're so funny, though. We need to use them more. Let's commit. New Year's resolution. Let's use to those. To play more. So well, oh see, one yeah. of the things is I have to, they have this program there. They have a keyboard you can buy called a MIDI. Mm -hmm. And so with each keystroke, you can plug in a sound bite. What you want. Yeah. Right. But they're very uh -huh. expensive. And, I'm you know. Mitch might have one. Yeah. That I'm sure he would love to let us use. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to ask. I'm just going to steal it. Weather, you can do traffic. <laughs> I'm going to look time. into that. That's my homework yeah. for the week, for real. <laughs> just you know, do the great old. I could do two minutes of it alone, I bet, just from listening to the radio. <laughs> you know what would be a great bit is if we had you being our weekly weatherman. Oh, oh yeah. yes. <laughs> just do phone calls with you the banging air pots is gonna and pans. Suck. <laughs> terrible, yeah. like, hey, how's it going, everybody? The Salt Lake is uh, 72 degrees. We got Lehigh, 72 degrees. We got Nephi, 71. Yeah. We got a uh, Park City checking out, checking in at 68 degrees. It's crazy out there, everybody. Coming out without weather, traffic, weather, weather, and traffic. Weather, weather, traffic. <laughs> there you go. I don't know what's going on. Is that a dog there. playing with a toy? I the better music I had in mind. <laughs> no. Something like a dog with lupus. <laughs> oh. Okay. That's supposed to be a mountain lion. That's a mountain yeah. lion? I don't know where in the conversation you got to <laughs> mountain lion. There. Listen, our, we used to have a little segment <laughs> I just made up by myself last semester called Random Word Generator. <laughs> <laughs> and I would do Random Word Generator on the called, uh, computer. Sasha Bloom on a Quaalude. <laughs> Sasha Bloom went to the bar and then came to Sasha the radio. Sasha Bloom has a chemical imbalance. <laughs> Hey, this is an inclusive hey campus, sir. There's room for all of us. <laughs> There's room for everybody. You know that goes on. You got to go at least two blocks off campus. I know. Engage in those activities, none of which I know anything about. I, have a, I have a uh, xylophone noise if you want to listen. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's so cute. I used to I play. I believe until you played it. <laughs> I used to play crickets when Johnny would talk for a while, and then he. <laughs> And then he got mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should just play those when I get all quiet because I like was thinking too much and then I wasn't here and then I was like, wait, is it my turn to say something? Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> we should have an audio version of us. <laughs> yeah. What's the sound of people changing their stations? <laughs> uh, right now. <laughs> this. <laughs> just heard it through the wall. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so. What do you have coming up um, for events and shows around uh, town? I'm doing spots this week, you know, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. I got something uh, this Saturday. I got a Marriott or something. I should really check the facts Look on it. Look at you. Um, doing something with some other funny guys. So, yeah, it should be fun. Another busy week. Um, I was talking to you with this about this before we came on. Um, Steve, who I was in here with, Last time, Steve McAnally was leaving town, and there was a roast for him. Where's he going? Week, sort of like as a farewell show. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and I think a lot of like local comics, including myself, had never done anything quite like that before. So it was a good time. Where's he going? 
He's moving to Las Vegas. What a show off. (laughs) (laughs) You pick a place to move to Las Vegas in February. Not too shabby. No, you can't argue with that. Check and mate, my friend. I really enjoyed having him on the show. I was hoping. Mm -hmm. So this probably won't happen again. Is he going to still come back and do comedy here, or is he just going to focus on there? A couple times a year, yeah. Is it for a job or for comedy or for both that he went down there? Uh, I want to say it's a little bit of both. I don't know 100%, but I want to say it's probably job. But the guys, you know, he puts on shows. So I'm sure he'll put on shows there and do shows. And then when he's back here every now and again, do a show that he runs here, Did which pe- is a lot of fun. People bury him pretty hard at the roast? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> got a good, he got a good hammering for sure. There were some good ones in there. Anyone do the kind pleasure of posting that on uh, YouTube? I think somebody posted it. I can't say I've seen the video, but I want to say it's up somewhere. I saw a link to it. I'll have to ask and see. How do, you, do you know how to spell his last name? Uh, I have to find out. Can I guess? Yes. Wait, what's the MC, name? I, or go ahead, you guess. <laughs> what's the name? McAnally is his name. MCK I don't even want to pretend anymore. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. Come on. You guys put me on the spot last time, and I'm already getting made fun of because I didn't know Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, I knew you that. yeah, but that's your fault. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was trying to pretend I was hip. I'm s- just so not hip. <laughs> I'm just so not hip. Yeah, sh- well, she has 12,000 likes on Facebook for a song you've done. Yeah, no, 12,000 <laughs> views on oh, YouTube. Oh, Thousand likes. Aren't they the same I went thing? viral. No. Okay, I got the spelling of his name. Okay. All kind of right, different. Go ahead. Guess. M C. Let me tell you the name one more time. Yes. Yeah, say name. Macanelli. Macanelli. Irish of descent sounds like, or Kerms of descent. <laughs> I'm this is. Okay. Macanelli. Macanelli. Can you Macanelli. Get, go ahead. Tell me when I start being wrong, because I'm not. I don't want to keep going. Okay. M C. Wait, wait, wait. When it, whenever you're ready. Is there any apostrophes in here? No. Okay. M C A N E L L I. Incorrect. What? You didn't stop me early. You. I'm not able to spell the whole name. I said when I start being wrong, you cut me off. One more time. M C A N E L L Y. Closer, but you're still wrong. No two L's, just one L. There's. No, no, <laughs> Everything no. sucks. You, you know the name? You uh, I don't it? have it up, no. You don't have it? All right, why don't you try and spell it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, man. It, okay, I, now I know it. M-C-A. Wait, is that right with the A there? You want me to tell you? The A yeah. is incorrect. Okay. That's it. So what is it? Let me s- let me take this M-C-N-E-L-L-I. No. no why? Why? All why? Right, here we go. M-C. <laughs> yeah. Capital I. I was way wrong. Yeah. You're supposed to tell me. As soon as I put the A, you're supposed to be like, just stop. You're sounding like an idiot. (laughs) You already (laughs) hit the the piggy bank twice. You didn't get Chris Rock. You you made it IE at the end of it. (laughs) Like he was like a 13-year-old girl or something. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) With a heart over the eye. You're out. We quit. (laughs) (laughs) And he's all over... YouTube, so if you want to watch his comedy, you can do that. I don't see the roast, Steve's? unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where exactly the roast is. I haven't seen Bummer. a screen capture of it or anything, but I heard somebody record it. So uh, this information has been very useless. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to pop to our quick break here. We will be back with. Thank goodness. 
<laughs> I have to rega- I have to gather my thoughts and come back, come back with fury. Whatever, I'm graduating. Not a chance. But we are going to break. Yes. We will be right back after a few minutes. Sweet. Are you one of those people who show up, punch in, pitch in, put out, clean up, punch out, head home, throw up, turn in, sack out, and shut up? That's what we need. People we can keep in line. We may have a place for you. Consolidated International. People making things so people have things to do things to other people with. And thinking up more things to do with the stuff we have. And now, an announcement from the National Apple Institute. Pears. We've passed a whole bunch of other legislation. Alcohol. We've done a whole bunch of things that have made it so that parents can't be stupid. Well, can they? They still are. I don't think we can legislate against stupidity. As much as we would like to try. Radio. I, like I try that. to sound really excited when I say it because I am really excited. Well, I'm used to having someone yawning and stretching while he says it. So. Oh, you radio <laughs> back. He's, uh, he's hibernating. He's yes. Hibernating. I want to hibernate. <laughs> My hands are so cold. It is cold in here. It's like an ice box. Yes. Got, uh, microphones and no heater. So we've been talking about this fun new thing that you may or may not have heard. All you radio is doing. Starting s- soon. Next week. Next week. Yes. We have a little bit called. What is it? The, the KU Perf Radio. You. Perf Police? Is that yeah. what we're going with? We're all you p- or KU Perf Police. Yes. You're going to bust Perf? <laughs> yes, we're going to call them out no, on the radio. No, we're just going to call them out and make them feel <laughs> weird. Come on out with your hands up. Yeah. Whatever's in those hands. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely like keep your hands above your waist. Yeah. Log out. Go ahead and log out. Log back. We, uh, <laughs> I like it. We do, do the dirty right work for everyone out. else <laughs> to find the funny and weird things in Craigslist and Facebook's you view crushes and misconnections. So how this all started out was about two months ago, there's this website called on Facebook called University of Utah Crushes. Yes. Oh, really? And yes. Our and very you own. Do students be on this website? No. No, it's just <laughs> Facebook. Like I they, I'll look into it. They have, <laughs> they have like some anonymous. Are we on the air? Yeah, <laughs> they have some anonymous we are. survey, <laughs> like survey thing where you go and you post your crush or whatever, and then the admin just copies and pastes a bunch of them into statuses like every other day. Yes, really. She got she got uh, perved. 
called out by yeah. name, hardcore, and then some troll Facebook, like a fake one, put my phone number in the comments, <laughs> and I just got <laughs> bombarded <laughs> with freaks. Wow. <sighs> wow. So did you ever find this person? Oh, no. No? no? I couldn't even get try? the freaking admin on the page to take the comment with my phone number down. It's probably the admin. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh but God. it was so and great. Any detective worth his way will tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it brought us to wondering... Just how weird the internet is yes. for people liking other people. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> what we're saying is it Go never ends. 10, a solid <laughs> it's just a black hole. Weirdness. Yeah. Uh, bad wording. Literally. It's just, it didn't mean it like that. What mm -hmm. it meant was it's bottomless. Yes, yeah. that too. <laughs> There's no words. It's. Mm, I'm just quitting. There's a site I know by that same name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can God. share the link with you. Please. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I have so, no words. Well, that's not good for an audio medium, man. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you <your> <laughs> no, I certainly like did not. I no words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the internet is weird because I was like, uh, we were wondering about this, like, Remember when Craigslist was about getting a couch? Yes. And now it's just <laughs> it's about, about getting down on that couch. Unusual sexual encounters and making that dream a reality. Do you have a little PC one there that we you could read for us just so we can a funny get one? the feel for this? Wait. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> looking <laughs> right now. We have the strictly platonic one yes. open, and not all of them look very strictly platonic. <laughs> but loose use of the some people strictly. go on here and look for coffee and conversation or looking for friends dot 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 or open that one. Oh up, boy you? that's <laughs> what I can't even say that out loud well, okay you know some people need to get released when they go to the gym you know oh my gosh are you reading that too <laughs> yeah. forget going and working it's out just it's weird. straight to the um, <laughs> Gold's gym, Gold's gym hookup. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay, one of surprised. these is about the UU. Like, <laughs> one of them, strictly platonic, yeah. says, thinking about classes at the U. I'm thinking about taking a class or two. I'd like to hear from people that go there presently. How do you feel about it? Ooh. See? Yeah, that's that's enough, totally right? honest. Was that, was that like gay code? <laughs> I don't know. This next one says. Can you take that as psychology class. <laughs> this next guy is moving from <laughs> California. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is moving from California and is looking for friends to connect with. This seems like the. Have you ever internet dated Patrick? No, I can't say I have. Okay. Have I you speed dating anything like that? Uh, no, nothing quite like that. Okay. No, I can't say I did. And have you? You haven't either, Becca. Have oh you? no! But we were going to talk about Tinder, weren't we? Right. Tinder right. is like it's online dating, but it's like marketed toward like the young, young, like 18 year olds who like, why are you doing online dating already? Like you're yeah. in school. I just heard about it, but it's but, it just about hookups. Not necessarily well, dating. so it's How kind of it like work? with every dating site, as far as I understand, people do really want to date, but most people just want to hook up. I had a coworker back early summertime who loved tinder and she was like you need to download this app and i was like i don't know about that it links to your facebook and also i'm just not it's not feeling it yeah it's 504 <laughs> <laughs> no so i downloaded it i did Proof. and mm -hmm. i'm still a little unclear on how it works but you it just shows a picture 
and you swipe it. Yeah. yeah swipe yeah, left or swipe right if you like it or don't. But you can click on it and see like info and like shared Facebook interests and all this stuff. But it doesn't really? give last names. It gives name, age, and then like up to five pictures. So if I typed in Patrick Ramirez into Tinder. No, but it, you can't search like that. Oh. It's just like it's like the weirdest. It I just pops up. There's just <laughs> there's just like pictures everywhere, and you just like seriously going through my phone. Right now. <laughs> no. no, it's just like pictures pop up, and you're supposed to swipe them left or right. And I just was like, I don't know about this, so I just deleted it. You know, but like, I, w- I would say like I'm 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 not necessarily against this Tinder thing because as, as a young single man, I th- I see some merit in this. But you know, what my biggest fear would be is someone else who's on Tinder who sees my picture and then all of a sudden sees me around town or something. Yes. I've like, heard of that hey, happening. <laughs> you just have these trolls at your yeah, shows. You don't look like that. Fear. So I can like, help well, you. I see someone that but I, I have a lot of friends who use it because I think it's like a it's Hey, they can just call me. As far as I know, <laughs> it's like a pretty LDS thing now. A lot of people joke about like meeting their wife on Tinder because it's happening. I have some unwritten rules in Utah. But here's what I learned. One of my friends said I shouldn't bash it so hard because the reason it's better than other dating sites is that in order to connect with someone, you both have to swipe the other person right. So you both have to be like mutually (coughs) interested or attracted to the other person before they can even contact you. And then once they have, you can still block them. Yeah. And they have that's a genius of it because then you never have to feel shut down by sending someone a message or something like that. They don't respond to or don't like you. If you talk, it's because you've both been like, you're hot. Hey, right. right. (laughs) It's like breaking the ice for you. Here are some unwritten rules of Tinder. One, be good looking. (laughs) Self-explanatory. Probably because you just swipe pictures. Two, don't be too persistent. Play it cool. And then they give you an example dialogue. I oh will read God. it for you. Play it cool after you've already opened a uh, website with your picture on it. Don't message someone happy hump day on Wednesdays. Other days of the week, maybe. Wait, let me get a pen. Yes. Yeah, I know. Like, is everyone taking notes? Do I have to start over? Christmas card. <laughs> Never message immediately after a match. Always wait at least one to two hours. Remain what? mysterious. Because you're on Tinder. Oh, here's a great one. Yeah, I know. You're dealing with a lot of first stringers here. (laughs) Here's a great one. If you have a friend who is hotter than you are, use a photo of both of you. Keep him guessing. That's a thing. That's a thing I've heard. That's a pro move. No, no, no. (laughs) People talk about it all the time. (laughs) People talk about it all the time. How you put however many pictures you want, or up to five. But you can put like Facebook photos. They have. Okay, so that's a good thing. They have to be from Facebook because it anonymously links to your Facebook just to get photos. So you can't be posting nudes that aren't already on Facebook. So people can't just be having like genital pics everywhere. Boo. Boo. (laughs) So then also people can post pictures with friends and you would have to like sleuth to try and figure out the common like who's in all these. What if I'm in someone else's photo who's on Tinder? Is there any way to... Stop that? I guess no. no. Number eight, Come don't Tinder. drink in Tinder. Don't drink in, oh, like get drunk in Tinder? Yeah. I want to start online dating, but at the same time, it's so much more fun to go to the bar or to a park or in class and talk to a, a human being. Well, it does then. Just go say hi. 
Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Not like there's any doubt about that. But you're you're talking about like these are like the rejects. <laughs> these are <laughs> these are like the, like the Match.com was too much for them. You know, on Tinder? That, yeah, the ones that are on Tinder. Because the Tinder's just a hookup yeah. thing. You know, like Match.com, there's still a little illusion that you know you're in your thirties and might still get married. You know, and you might mean, still get <laughs> married. In, in Tinder, you know, you're just like, all right, let's just do this. You let's need to know my last name. <laughs> just, just, all right, let's let's meet at the Arby's and see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. You just did an article with uh, City Weekly. Yeah, I did. Has that been printed yet, or is that coming out? Uh, I think it was on their online um, okay. publication. Did they call you, or how did that work out? Basically, yeah, they had some questions, or the uh, writer had some questions for me about myself, about comedy and stuff. And uh, I just sort of gave my I answers to it, and he put it sort of on this online form. Um, I think he was doing a few comics around town and just sort of giving them all the same questions and seeing their answers to it. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was on their online City Weekly, and I want to say the article was called, or the author of it is uh, Gavin something, and it was named Gavin's Underground. Nice. It was a weekly column. That's a good little hookup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty fun. You answered some questions to it. Uh, it was good. It was good. It printed, he wrote it really well. Do you do any uh, other podcasting in town? or? Uh, I think it's the only one I've ever done, uh-huh. to be honest. I know a few folks have them, but... You know, I think the hard part with a lot of people's podcasts is, is consistency. Yes. You know, having it weekly or biweekly or whatever. I think a lot of people jump into it and then, I mean, quite honestly, if you're new at it, probably run out of things to say. Yeah. So. It can get difficult. Done. I want, I'd like to go on someone else's podcast, but one of the things is I try really hard to be clean. Yeah. Like, I've never cussed on air because I'm supposed to be a journalist, right? So. Everyone else is really dirty, or they work blue, and it's like I, you work clean mostly, don't you? Yeah, I wouldn't say I I don't curse, but my material is I would say it's clean, it's cleanish. Mm-hmm. So I know that you know comedians can get away with a lot more than most regular people yeah. with their jobs. How do you go about if you want to be clean and then going on shows that are dirty? Do you have like I don't care. You I don't personally care. don't care if it's a show that it can be. That you they say like you can say anything you want. The guy goes up before you and is super blue, curses, crazy subject matter. It could and it's funny. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me that I'm going up and my stuff is is cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it, it's not a bother. It's just the way the room is. Vice versa, if you go up in a room that's clean and you have a bunch of dirty material, it better be funny, because that audience may not be ready for it. But yeah, I personally don't. It, it just I don't really care. I, I think uh, I think you get a you can pull a laugh, no matter what, if your stuff's funny. Yeah, there's nothing like a good clean joke. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say my stuff is squeaky clean, but um, <laughs> don't laugh, Sasha. You're funny. <laughs> Not <laughs> guys. I'm practically see? I practically do yeah, stand see? up every <laughs> Tuesday night from six to eight. <laughs> Don't mind me. So what is your what do you got planned for 2014? Where where are you going with comedy? Uh, y- you know I'm around here of course, so I'm around everywhere in town during the week, mm-hmm. and then on uh, weekends, a lot of times I'm able to get sort of a longer show. You can see me doing longer sets if I get to open for one of the nationally touring acts. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. You know you get to work with 
someone who's a real pro and you get to see someone you haven't seen before and it usually draws a good crowd but you know i also just want to get out there and travel more and do shows in other places in utah and try and improve basically you know it's always the material's always coming just a matter of putting it together and trying it out so if i want to go watch comedy this week and i want to yeah. see you specifically where do i go uh, yeah let's see. let's see i'll be wednesday night at the comedy club we have at wise guys uh, yeah, in yeah, trolley square um it's in west valley now west valley yeah. okay um and then this saturday i'm at the marriott conference room downtown e. no right here on this street here by the university Oh, cool. Oh, um, the one up here? Folks. Yeah. By the Natural History Museum? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Ah. Um, yeah, so I'm there this this week. So, uh, yeah, there's a few chances to see me do some do some stuff. Are there student discounts or are there anything up there? Or I think they charge me to get in. <laughs> 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 they pay us to go. Yeah. So I do a few jokes and then they're like, you owe us three at this campus, that wouldn't surprise me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Do people ever yeah. just put you on the spot and say, like, tell me a joke? Yeah. Tell yeah, me yeah, a joke. You'll get that from, like, your family members and friends. So pretend I'm your mom. All right. Tell you're, me a I joke. You're younger than me. <laughs> pretend. Okay. Pretending. Tell me a joke. Oh, you want to hear a joke? Yeah. You want to hear, like, a silly joke? I want to oh. laugh. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Well, I mean, this isn't my joke. I'll tell it to you. I heard it the other day. It's pretty funny. The other day, I'll tell it in the first person. The other day, I was in the airport, and I'm doing pretty bad, right? I'm really broke. And I had to ask a guy, I'm like, hey, man, let me borrow $5 till payday. And he said, well, when's payday? And I said, I don't know. You're the one who has the job. <laughs> that's, that's, okay. that's a good oh, okay boy. joke, Should I'd I show say. myself out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, good job. That's the end. Um, thanks for coming. So, yeah. <laughs> so where do people find you, whether it be on Facebook or Twitter or your address? Grinder. Yeah. Your grinder <laughs> account. <laughs> this looks all right. I got one of those neck pillows. If I can sleep in the corner. <laughs> you have a neck pillow? No, I, I bring my own everywhere. Oh. Bring my own everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can find me in my name, of course, in Facebook. I have one of those. I got the Facebook. Nice. I have a Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? There. Uh, you can tweet at me at Patrick in my head. That's my Twitter handle. You're funny on Twitter too. Are you? Oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm gonna follow you right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I got some good ones in there. A couple of them may not be deemed for radio, <laughs> podcasting, <laughs> campus. I'll radio. just start reading them all off in a row. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll no I'll censorship. Yeah, just just keep going. We're gonna have to go back to the Craigslist thing just to clean this thing up. Do you guys see how cool my touchy gloves are? I think that's weird. Yeah, yeah, I want to say you're wearing gloves inside right now. Okay, Gloves and a tank top. Okay, like I am... Backwards. <laughs> sense of warmth. Every <laughs> admit it. Woman. It's warm in here, huh? It's but then it's cold on your hands. <laughs> I get that. You know, As I'm following him on Twitter. <laughs> talk about bite the hand that feeds. Give me a follow. I'm going to go no. put my face in my hands at the end of the night. <laughs> then I'll get a follow. <laughs> That's I the worst it. part about having repeating guests is you don't get that new Twitter follower. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah I know. Well, come in. There's a, there's a new host in there, Rebecca. That's a new follow right yeah. there. You better be nice to her. All about those follows. Yeah, I know. Look, I followed you and retweeted the old you tweet. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, are you a uh, – you can read the uh, – I have a, an American Idol one. You want to read that one? Are you an American Idol fan? Where? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's on the 13th. Of this month? Of this month. Do, 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 Scroll searching. down a little bit. I got some retweets. 
<laughs> oh, that's funny. What's this? I'll read it. <laughs> this is terrible radio. Wait, that was funny, that one thing you said, right? There. That was pretty good. Wait, what's that with water? It's funny because I'm putting them in suspense. <laughs> good right. radio. I resent that this is terrible radio. American (laughs) Idol, the search for a superstar, starts January 15th. Meanwhile, the search for Justin Guarini has been on since 2004. And his hair. (laughs) And his hair. I think I see his hair from here. I know. I can't ever forget his hair. See, then you're expecting me to know who Justin Guarini is. Right, right. That's what I thought. (laughs) No idea. That was a little tricky. Remember, like, (laughs) Justin and Kelly? They did that really bad movie. Oh. He has the hair. It's so hairy. I'll yeah, show you. Yeah, he lost. <laughs> he got second place. And I don't even, I don't think I've said his name or heard of him since that day until just now. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he lost and then, like, you know, didn't, nothing kind of happened to him. <laughs> Here you go. This is him. This, this. Which, by the way, I'm sure Justin Guarini is a fine young man. I'm not talking trash. Oh, I have better hair than he does. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's great. He's selling uh, Hyundai's. This right is now. what he looked like it's back in the day. <laughs> and what happened to him? He didn't win American Idol and just disappeared. It was his nose, right? <laughs> How do you breathe through that? <laughs> a greedy guy. You see that nose on that guy? He can't win. It's all politics, you know, at the highest level of American Idol. Whatever. I'm an audition, guys. So I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks We're for having me, At guys. the end of the time. Always fun. Yes. We will have you back again if you're willing to do bad radio with us, as you said. <laughs> yeah, if you're willing to do bad radio while we do good radio. Yeah, absolutely. You know. I'll, I'll uh, you know, be kind of the, I'll set the curve. Thank you. You guys set the curve and I'll balance it out. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Something for the C plus students of the room. Well, there's a lot of them here on this campus. So. I know. You can find them. Just walk outside and give it with a shot. <laughs> <laughs> with that, we are going to another we break. We are going to break. And we appreciate you, Patrick Ramirez. Thank you hey so guys. much for coming on. We'll be back. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. Skies. Sunshine. What a day. Let's take a walk in love. Brownsville, come on. Bedside, come on. Fort Green, come on. Everybody, come on. Queensbridge, come on. South Bronx, come on. Uptown, come on. Everybody, come on. Let's take a walk through the deepest part of the hood. I want to know who it was that said it was all good. He must have never been to the corner and spent the half an hour or longer where you can smell reality stronger. Where they sell you grease in a box and hope that you die quicker. And if you're old enough to walk to the store, you can buy liquor. Hello, this is OU Radio. I'm Sasha Bloom. Becca has left, but our co-host Dakota is in studio. Not in studio, but over the airways. How are you, sir? I'm lovely, Mr. Bloom, and yourself, sir. I am doing very good. It's tough being in a studio with a comedian. They are tough. Yeah, yeah, they're usually quick-witted. Yes. You've got to keep up with them. So what have you been up to, good sir? Well, I've uh, actually just finished a very interesting community action project here in the small town of Silver City. Uh, Monday, I went out and uh, put in 18 holes of disc golf, which, uh, as you know, but listeners may not, is a... Uh, a big fan myself of the game, and I know you, Mr. Bloom, are as well. And uh, as of Monday, we have our first 18-hole disc golf course, which plays through the old canyons uh, and the old mining sites uh, just outside of town. And that's called at Mr. Underscore Bloom Disc Golf Course, correct? 
Uh, actually, no, because my brother's birthday was on uh, Monday, so I called him and told him for his birthday present. I got him a disc golf course, but uh, now he has to come down and play it, so hopefully that'll encourage him to, to visit me down here. Can he huck some Frisbees? Oh, yes, he can. Yes, he can. I mean, he learned from me. <laughs> well, I learned from you, and I stink, so... <laughs> <sighs> well, maybe he's a better student. <laughs> Yeah, I am kind of you a still, dumb guy. You still don't have a back end. <laughs> uh, who needs one? <laughs> so, <laughs> this past week at the University of Utah, we had we've had nothing but a celebration of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., his legacy, and kind of a general discussion on racism. We had Sabrina Fulton come in. She did a presentation. She did some interviewing uh, with KU Radio. You listened to part of that speech, uh, or part of the Martin Luther King presentation that KU Radio threw out, didn't you? Oh, of course, of course, yeah. I mean, it's something I was looking forward to just from, you know, hearing from you as well as, you know, gaining some context on, on, on the ongoing dialogue on campus and kind of how, how that community is interacting with its celebrations. And uh, I found uh, I found the segment very, very intriguing uh, and a wide range of ideas presented, which... I thought was very important. The, uh, the three-person panel that you had towards the end of the show um, got into some really interesting topics for me and you know, helped bring to light in my mind the, the differing opinions around um, progress in our society and how you represent that progress. Yeah, Dr. Uh, Hodgkins uh, really created a different paradigm for African-American racism and profiling than what I had ever imagined was going on. Like he brought he brought the real black experience to a different level than I really never understood. Even though I've grown up in America and you know I have read on the issues and done reports on it, and it was just totally different than anything I'd ever heard. Yeah, and I I think it was interesting because it some of the points kind of tied into our previous discussion last week on kind of. Um, humanism and just kind of general respect for your fellow person and how that how that ability to raise someone up around you then also raises your own self and I think one of the topics I thought was interesting was talking about the the concept of success and looking at success not through the eyes of financial gain but success in growth of self growth of spirit growth of uh, knowledge and that those levels of success are much more rewarding, not only for yourself, but oftentimes for the people around you in a way that, um, that economic success doesn't, uh, doesn't support in the same way. Um, although there's some arguments for the, uh, for the other side, I was actually, before we just got on, I was reading uh, uh, Bill Gates publishes a, a letter who's a big philanthropist and is a philanthropist through the, the great financial success that he's had about the status of uh, foreign aid and the growth of third world countries. A very, very fascinating piece we could get into m more in depth at a different time. But, you know, just interesting to look at. There's, there are some opportunities for affluent Americans to have a positive effect. Uh, so it's certainly not an argument against financial success, but that needs to come with successes in other elements of one's life, not just financial success. It's it's interesting for me because, you know, I've I for most of my life it's kind of changed since I have a kid now. But I used to do a lot of volunteering. I 
I used to teach uh, autistic kids tennis or I'd work in care units at different hospitals or I'd do food drives and such. But now as I get older, I just kind of watch poverty happen, you know, and on Twitter I'll go, hey, I have a camera. I'm totally down to help. What can I do? How do I get a hold of people? And you don't get responses and but I don't go to the homeless shelters anymore and I or any food drives. And that kind of bothers me a bit because I, you know, I definitely have that feeling in my life that the world I live in, the community I live in can be a lot better. But as I'm getting older, I'm almost like watching it go by me instead of putting my hands in and participating. Well, I think that's, you know, that's certainly a very important part of this debate. And I think, you know, it was part of the interesting conversation you guys had the other day in characters like Martin Luther King and characters like Malcolm X were, were people who were trying to create an opportunity for action. And I think something that we kind of lack, and part of that might be because of so much information, but it's difficult to kind of know where you can be effective. There's many ways that you can play a small role, but sometimes those small actions almost feel minuscule in the wave of the problem persisting, you know? I mean, I, I'm not extremely successful. I mean, I have a family that needs to be supported, and, you know, there's not a lot of extra means. We don't have a lot of extra cans of food, for example, to give to these drives, um, you know, because a lot of people in this country are very close to that poverty line, and they're the people who are the most concerned about that poverty line because they're so close to it. You know, a lot of us are, you know, we're one paycheck away from out on the streets, you know, and we're yeah, just I still don't kind have of, my rent yet for this month coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I'm with you there. You know, it's a, it's a consistent struggle, and I think, um, you know, we have to look at what our opportunities are to make those kind of changes. And I think there's not enough real voices giving people the modality, the the mental state to make that change. Um, you know, versus volunteering, versus food drives, things like that. I mean, for example, down here in, in New Mexico, uh, I don't know if I mentioned, but I will again anyway, I work with Search and Rescue, and that's a volunteer organization. And we do wilderness rescue for, for you know, individuals. We buy all of our own gear. We pay for all of our own gas. And we go out in the middle of the night and can spend, you know, 16 hours in the field trying to locate a lost individual and you know there's no financial gain for that you know there's certainly um, so what do you do it part of it for me is um, I enjoy the outdoors um, I have honed my skills as you know as an outdoor enthusiast it lends myself to um, to utilize those skills in a way that can be beneficial so part of it's an opportunity for me to further my own skills and also challenge them in conditions that I might not put myself in. I might not purposefully do 11 river crossings when the water's at 12 feet, but in a situation where someone needs that assistance, you can utilize those skills in a way to aid them uh, rather than recreationally. No, that makes sense to me. Do you, do you feel like you're giving back to the community in terms of that? Like, does that, does that satisfy you? Does that satisfy that, oh, I'm doing something for our country and our, my community? Well, I mean, it satisfies my, yeah, I mean, on some levels it certainly does. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't address the levels of, you know, I think socioeconomic inequality. It's not, you know, 
calling my congressman and trying to affect political change. But, you know, I live in a very rural area as well. So, you know, being very detached from larger cities, there's a certain kind of self-reliance that comes from smaller communities where people are a little more, it seems to me at least, a little more willing to lend their time because, you know, you only have a small community to rely on. So you need those people that are available to, uh, to provide services that they have the skills in. Do you think a lot of people are waiting for the government to fix, you know, our poor education, our poor health system, uh, social security, uh, inflation, war? Are, are we as a citizenry, are we just waiting for a government? Are we waiting for a messiah? Is, is, that, what it, is that what we're doing right now? Uh, I think there's a very fundamental disconnect for most Americans with the process of politics and their own engagement in it. I don't believe that our society necessarily expects the government to fix what's wrong, but I do think a larger percentage of our society is expecting the government to at least fix itself. You know, we've been watching a very ineffective model in my personal opinion, for a long time. And I think that that has bred uh, a disillusionment with the effectiveness of government and has actually bred a lot of very interesting community action projects all around the, uh, the country with urban gardening, um, community, community space um, that are supported by the communities for the communities in lieu of the kind of, you know, governmental support I think that we might we would expect and it without it happening have taken it upon ourselves to make small changes in small areas one of the things that you know when when i see you know handfuls of people build community gardens and you know or do farmers markets in any city because they're actually getting kind of popular throughout the country is you get these companies like uh, monsanto that actually sue community organizers and Farmers be, and they they put lean on congressmen and city legislators to try to get them from being able to grow their own vegetables. I'm not a big fan of any company or any government telling us that we can't farm, that you know we can't, that we just need to depend on our grocery stores for food. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly, I think that you know, once again, I, I want to keep going back to the the conversation that you had earlier with Professor, um, and he made an interesting statement about the limits on campaign donations, for example, because the amount of money that you put into a particular politician then gets you essentially more of their time, more of their swing. And I was looking at an interesting statistic earlier today that currently the top 85 richest individuals, just 85 people, which is a minuscule number based on the, the billions of people on our planet, control the same amount of wealth as the bottom 50%. So, you know, the, the divisions of resources as far as financial resources has become such a huge gap that it becomes difficult for um, smaller companies or community-based organizations to be able to even participate in the political dialogue because, you, you know, you need $50,000 to sit down with for a plate lunch with, you know, President Obama, if not more, you know, so the, the, amount, the amount of money required even to sit at the table, let alone get a chance to speak, is 
so astronomically out of proportion with the vast majority's average expendable incomes that you know it becomes difficult to to really feel as though you're participating in that um, socio-political dialogue. Yeah, uh, I think it's hard for all of us to contribute into the social dialogue, almost because we're not the framers of law. You know, we haven't had the education. I'm an educated person in this world, but I'm not educated in politics. I, I've followed it as an interest. You know, I, I've read a lot of books, but... I went and talked to you know one of my congressmen or one of my senators I'm not sure that I could have a conversation that would really move him from a political point of view you know we can all tell moving human stories to politicianer but that's not going to change that doesn't change much well you, you raise you raise an interesting point there with um, the effect of, of their political affect their politics and I think that's kind of where where we're having a disconnect at least in in this governmental structure that politics at one point you know was based on the conversation of social justices uh, of how to maintain a healthy society how to support the growth of your the development of your of your citizens it seems more and more that the motivations behind political action is geared towards financial gain more than social gain and social construction. And so it's very difficult to dissuade someone with a logical argument if there's no gain in it, it doesn't seem to have the same effect uh, on changing their opinions. So what about the Michael Tessarians and you know the millions of people around the world that believe in an Illuminati conspiracy or a Bilderberg conspiracy? that say it really doesn't matter about what we as citizens want or what we channel or how we vote, that this country was bought and sold for hundreds of years ago, and we should consider ourselves grateful to be alive or to function as a slave. Well, I mean, long before this country was bought and sold, there were successful and very flourishing Native individuals living in a system that wasn't buyable or sellable and I think you know one of the, the one of the the great tricks uh, which keeps people in that mindset is that you know w there's nothing that I can do we have such a majority we really do the number of individuals of, sh of just sheer numbers who essentially want a very similar thing which is quality of life there um, most people f at their core are not as greedy, I think, as, as we make them out to be, are not as power-hungry as we make them out to be. And, and what we forget is that, you know, we are a very large majority as the underrepresented people in this society. It's going to take some very serious networking and, and unification to get anyone on the same page, but we do have near-critical mass as an underrepresented portion of, of our political structure. I, I think that that's true, you know, but I get concerned when you see, you know, Governor Christie or whatever his name is from New Jersey, you know, and he's got people in his office creating traffic problems for people trying to get to work. Not only is it slowing down our economy, but it's getting people in trouble with their bosses and they're doing it because they can control us. And it becomes a bargaining chip for these different 
political offices to use us as pawns. I have concern when that stuff comes to light because it further reinforces this paradigm that, yes, human beings aren't control on planet Earth. You know, we're, 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 we live in a clock-based society with our hearts. Uh, we have to deal with sudden weather. But when we have people that are supposed to represent us, that millions of people have died so that we can create a government that is for the people, by the people, and for that to just be played with by Americans or, you know, by people that live in this country, you know, that's a treasonable offense in my mind. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think that it, it, there's been many situations. I mean, you know, like uh, past President um, George W. Bush, uh, the first thing he did when he got in office was pardon um, some of his business partners for prosecutable offenses for war crimes. I mean, if your first act in political power is to forgive atrocities, which could be considered, you know, uh, humanitarian disasters of epic proportion and war, war crimes and crimes against humanity, if that's your first, you know, desire, it really sheds a lot of light on, uh, you know, what the halls of power's focus really is. And I think that's a, that's a very, that's a very troublesome aspect of our, of our society right now is, uh, is the freedom of, um, of business to, to operate outside of ethical obligations. And, uh, you know, there was a time when ethics was a large part of business. And uh, I think anyone who's taken a business business ethics class in the last uh, four or five years or, or 15 years ago will probably find that the uh, essence of morality and ethics are very far removed in the economic system right now. When, if people listen to the KUTE Reflects on the Life and Times of MLK that's on KUTRadio.org, there was a conversation in those hours about you know, between Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr., where Malcolm X was, you know, always said that we need to defend ourselves, not we being us, but the African-American community or any people that are persecuted by a government, they need to not only have the right to defend themselves, but need to actually defend themselves. In this modern world, it doesn't seem like with the military advantages that you can actually really defend yourself from them. But being nonviolent is doesn't always work either. There has to be a way for citizens to confront their government peacefully and get change done. Because I don't see a lot of windows for us. Yeah, call, you know, vote them out. Use your vote. But, you know, we've had the Supreme Court rule against American citizens and their vote before, you know, with the Al Gore election. There's a lot of instances of that in our history. Well, as, as well as we've demonstrated that those who do gather in peaceful protest in this country are met with violence as well. Yes. And, you know, past examples of if we meet violence with pacifism, we will bring that violence to light and therefore change minds um, hasn't had the kind of success that, you know, Gandhi had, for example. I think that's probably one of the few examples I can look at in history of a, of a successful passive resistance and that took millions of people um, and they and, and, and they took control of the salt mines which you know the only things that human needs outside of water really to live is salt and they can tr they took over the salt mines from the government yes so so and I think we've had this discussion and and I've had it many other times there's 
you know, part of my belief when I look at Gandhi's actions, for example, are, are nonviolent externally, but extremely violent internally. And, you know, not eating for 30 days, um, starving yourself of food and water in protest, you're visiting violence upon yourself rather than allowing someone to visit it upon you. But that, that harm, although self-inflicted, is still harm. And, and I think should be examined in the concept of nonviolence. Uh, nonviolence should include no harm, not no harm to another, but no harm to anyone, no harm to self as well. It's always been a conundrum of my thoughts in trying to be a nonviolent person when human beings by design are built to be violent. You know, we, we can kill with our hands. We have to kill animals for nourishment and protein. I know that there's a portion of our listeners that are vegan or vegetarian that say, hey, dummy, you can get it with vegetables and such. But, you know, we, we have canine in our mouth for a reason. You know, our, we're designed on this earth to chew meat. So, you know, it, it's a tough one for me. Well, and there's a certain kind of opulence that comes with um, veganism and vegetarianism as well. I mean, it is, it's a pretty new place in our history that we have technology enough to provide a variety of food sources that can get us the complex proteins and things like that that we traditionally got from meat in, in other ways. But without mass transit, without um, you know, international trade, a lot of the um, foods necessary to maintain a healthy vegan diet or vegetarian diet aren't available in all parts of the world much more so in you know in in more developed cities than in rural areas so you know there's a certain part that has a sense of opulence to it as well um, that I think is is overlooked at times I've tried to live vegan and you know the food costs are, are astronomical you know it becomes a it becomes a political standpoint but uh, for many people it's just not social socioeconomically feasible to try and um, purchase foods that are certified organic, certified fair trade, because the, the prices are sometimes three times as high. Um, so it traps a lot of people in a, in a, in a false sense of um, choice uh, for their own health and nutrition. Now that's, you brought up a very interesting idea, which is organic living. I've, you know, when I was making good money, I'd shop at Whole Foods. When I'm not making good money, I shop at Smith's or Dan's. And you know, my dumb head tells me that I'm not living appropriately because because I'm eating a different type of food that's supposedly not this A-grade product. It's like if you live in the mansions, you're always going to go to Whole Foods, but, you know, if you're a blue-collar guy with three kids and a wife, you can't shop there. So by default, you're not getting the proper nutrition. Therefore, you're not as good as they are. And that makes me sad. Especially since it should be, whether it's our God-given right or animal right, we should be able to farm. We should be able to sow a seed. There should be no restrictions on that. Yes, of course, but there's, there's, there's other problems with that model. And, you know, one of them is very simple, that there isn't enough farmland for that to be possible. There's only, you know, X amount of our planet, which is farmable land, which contains topsoil healthy enough without trucking it in, and a climate that is stable enough to consistently grow fruit. Now, I know that technology has changed drastically in the last number of years with, with greenhouses and with aeroponics and with uh, 
uh, plant nutrients and better understanding of the, the plant life cycle. But the, the, the hard fact is that we have not enough farmland to supply if we do a subsistence style farming. Part of the problem we've gotten into is that we've overdeveloped our large agro business to the point that we've become reliant on it. We need large monocropping as a society to get these products to the different markets and supply that demand. Uh, that's shifting, but I think it's a, it's a significant issue. I mean, we lose, we lose millions of gallons of topsoil every year from mismanagement of water, and it takes, it takes hundreds of years to, to regain healthy topsoil. So the, the rate of loss versus the rate of growth is, is not, not sufficient um, to sustain itself, and that's a problem that we are going to see exponentially growing over the next 15 or 20 years. And that's tough because then the natural solution, and I use that word very specifically, or those two words, is population reduction. Permits to have children, taking out the human ability to have ch children, and that becomes a very, and I know it happens in other countries, we're lucky in a lot of cases that we haven't seen it publicly in the last 15, 20 years in America, but I guarantee you those are real thoughts and are almost not inappropriate thoughts to have, and that, that for me as a emotional loving guy, that, that concerns me, you know, that's something I think about a lot. Um, that's a that's an extremely extremely touchy subject, and I think you know something that no one really wants to address in its realistic sense. You know, our population growth curve is completely out of line with our sustainability on this planet, and there's not really a a comfortable way to address that. No, and it's going to it's going to come to a head one way or another. We're going to reach a point of overpopulation to use you know the word <laughs> lightly but um, there is a very strong reality that we will face which has strictly to do with our ability to produce food and our number of people who require its consumption and that equation is ramping up to to dangerous heights as we speak and Yes, the only real solution is population reduction, which takes away from our basic guaranteed human rights. You know, our, our, our basic human rights are our life and our, our liberty and our pursuit of, of freedoms. And uh, to limit somebody's freedom to, number one, have children or, or even reduce the population of those who are currently living doesn't have a, a safe outlet uh, because someone's going to end up on the bad end of this uh, uh, equation. And, and one, it's a question of who. And one of the problems with that is, you know, Dr. Emanuel Velikovsky, uh, you know, Freud and Einstein's buddy, you know, he'd talk about that when there are significant occurrences of population reduction, it actually scars the human DNA and gets imprinted into our memory systems. There's, it's always a tough day being a human being at work. I hope we find solution to these what we're talking about here today because we shouldn't be having these conversations like well I mean I think I think it's interesting in in, uh, in this age of technology and in especially the age of science fiction you know there was a time when when you needed more land what you did was colonize you expanded and you colonized an area which didn't have very many people on it well you know I mean I 
it's not going to be too far in the distant future, and I know that there are people thinking about this now, but it's going to be a realistic problem if we don't stem the growth problem. We're going to have to colonize something. To, to space, be, yes. Yeah, whether that be outer space or whether it be underwater. I mean, who knows? We haven't really explored very much of even our own oceans and the capability of underwater cities. I mean, I know these things are total fantasy, but they are going to become part of the popular dialogue as we continue to run out of land space. Do you think that the problems we're running to in in this world with pollution, clean water, and food resources, is this because American or worldwide cultures don't communicate together, they don't govern together, or is it because of our autonomy? Because I know that there's also that big direction of we need a one world, one love. You know, we need to have a global government. And for a lot of people, that scares the hell out of them. But, you know, so does the autonomy of having a rogue president or a rogue Congress or senator. Yeah, I mean, the concept of world government is often thrown around in um, conspiracy theorists' dialogues about an overarching power of control, which we won't have any say over. But, you know, if... It, if you frame it with people who can responsibly govern, you know, there there are solutions and they are worldwide solutions that can drastically reduce the speed of uh, the event horizon increasing. But yes, they do need to be dealt with on a global level. I mean, we, we make, you know, the Environmental Protection Agency makes laws here in the United States which affect air quality in order to do away with the smog problems in Los Angeles and, and pollution in New York and Chicago and bigger cities, but those very same policies, companies in those cities take their business to another country who doesn't have those regulations. So the same pollution or is being states. created, the same damage is happening. Or states, yeah, certainly, certainly. I mean, being in a being in a rural community myself, like we have huge strip mines here strip mines that would not be allowed in an area where people had to look at them. But you move those out of the general eye of the populace and it therefore becomes okay because we need this copper, we need these raw resources, but we don't want to dig a pit next to Chicago. We'll move it out into the we'll move it out into the sticks and we'll take some guy's farm away and tear the soil up and frack it up. I mean, I think one of the most dangerous things we're facing in this country right now is this uh, natural gas fracking that that has become an industry before we even took the time to look at the environmental impact. And, um, you know, that's, that's something we've seen in the past. I mean, that's what happened with CFCs in our aerosol cans. You know, before we even knew that it was really doing damage, we had already done irreversible damage. And so sometimes our technology and our science move faster than our own analysis of uh, what those effects might be. Do you think that it, that there's a responsibility from Macintosh and from IBM and Bill Gates to slow the technology down so that we're not having to use as much underground resources and digging as much and then throwing away these, in some cases, radioactive components where that we, c we should slow down our creation and, and consumption. For instance, Instead of having the iPhone 6 about to come out, maybe we should still be on the iPhone 4S, right? Because instead of having people buy new millions of phones every year, every quarter, 
that get that's taking up these resources, creating the pollution, and then you know at worst the pollution that we bury. I I, I almost wonder that a lot. That maybe we our hyper capitalism with this brand new technology is really creating havoc for our pollution. Well, I mean, there once was a time where we would create a product and then we would spend years developing and refining it before we brought it to market. And now the market competes over what's the newest. It doesn't compete over what's the most effective or what's the, the highest quality. I mean, the difference between, for your, to use your example, an iPhone 4 or an iPhone 4S and the new iPhone 6, how many significant changes have been done that increase its power or increase its usability? I mean, it's a phone, and it can work for the Internet, and you can play music, and, you know, like it does all these wonderful things, but it doesn't really do anything different. It doesn't do anything more effectively. It's not giving us greater freedom or greater sense of uh, sense of worth. It's yeah. It's just a, it's just another toy. It's another gadget. But there's real specific environmental uh, concerns when you're creating silicone and pulling copper out for motherboards and creating motherboards and the lithium batteries that go into it. I mean, to get these raw resources, you really have to be a good little digger. Yeah, I mean, and and even just looking at the impacts, like you were saying, I mean, there's, you know, this huge movement for the electric car was based around less dependency on oil, and then they came up with this concept called the carbon footprint, and one of the things that doesn't really get a lot of press is that I drive a 1976 truck, and although it's an old truck that doesn't get good mileage, the carbon footprint impact of me junking that and buying a Prius and that battery dying and having to put a toxic lithium battery into a landfill somewhere is far more impactful on our health of the general society and, and, and planet um, than maintaining those things which already existed. And I think that there's a, you know, there's, there, there needs to be more of a move to fix the things you already have then throw them away when they don't work and buy a new one that's going to break too understand how it works and understand how to fix it and that's a you know that's a a skill that i believe we've gotten away from in this country at one point that was a necessary skill the pioneers the uh, the settlers i mean there there was no manufacturing everything had to be done out of your mind and with your hands Anything that was broken and needed to be repaired was repaired by either you or someone you knew. But and there was also a, a big encouragement by our government with the Homestead Act. Hey, move out west, explore, travel, you know, build an empire. And now they're saying, hey, our empires are built. We're going to restrict movement. We're going to raise gas prices, airline prices, train ticket prices. And then so you have these disenfranchisement of families all throughout the world, who now, like me, it's almost becoming nearly impossible to see my mother on a multiple-time basis because prices are too expensive. I mean, they're almost asking a thousand bucks to to go uh, for my son and I to go seven hundred miles to see my mom in a reasonable oh, yeah. time. And yeah, I mean, I have two sons, and to bring them up to Washington to visit their grandparents, yeah, like you said, it's it's near two thousand dollars for me. And uh, that's that's not 
something you can afford. I mean, not only do I have to take the two weeks off of work, I'm not generating income. On top of that, you're losing $2,000, which is, you know, that's that's like my monthly operating costs. I agree with you, sir. It makes me sad. And I, I don't want to sound like this is old guy radio, but at the same time, this is old you radio. And, you know, I know that we lo- we joke and laugh all the time, and we try to create content that's funny and fun. But at the end of the day, I have we have a great privilege to broadcast, and we want to broadcast this final hour with some truth and some accuracy and some suggestions because I don't want to live in a city where we can't do anything, where it's a no-fun zone. But yet at the same time, I want to live in a city where it's highly suggested that I use my creativity and resources and you know my muscles and really get to work. And I want to see that for everyone because I think we would be better off than, you know, people watching eight hours of television a day and, you know, working jobs that, you know, they don't want to do. Well, I did pick up a story today uh, that is actually about Salt Lake City. So a little little shout out to Salt Lake City. They have been for the last uh, year or so offering homeless individuals uh, an apartment and a social worker. And the apartment comes with no strings attached. They've found that it costs for the average homeless individual in Salt Lake City uh, $16,000 a year in emergency room visits as well as jail time and only costs $10,000 a year to give them a free apartment and a social worker to help them gain some marketable skills or try and get back into um, you know, some kind of fiscal solvency. And so... You know, a little bit of props to Salt Lake for trying to do what they can do in their small way. I know there's a, a lot of socio-political and, and religious uh, uh, connections to why it is they do that. But nonetheless, it's, um, it's an interesting way to look at that model that it may cost less to help people than it costs to not help people. Yeah, I, I could see that easily. You know, then there's that fear of uh, what happens to our police officers because... You know, they're trained up real good, and they have a lot of money invested into securing themselves. And the only way that they can create the revenues necessary to secure themselves is by arresting us and by arresting the homeless population. And so there's that real dichotomy in the city is of, you know, police and then actually healing our citizens who have become homeless or, you know, have mental illness who haven't been helped by, you know, proper psychology or any other methods that can help them. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, it comes down to the point that if there's no one breaking the law, then there's no reason to pay these police officers. And we have the same problem in our military, you know. I mean, we have one of the most advanced militaries, the most advanced military on the planet. And in order for us to have a more advanced military, we've got to test out the stuff we've got. So, in order to maintain a military, we have to maintain a war. You know, I mean, we are a warmongering culture. We've been actively involved in a war in some country for the last 30 years, 35 years, every single year. It's a perpetual machine that is a huge economic opportunity for those who are involved in it. Uh, you know, our, our ex-vice president, the CEO of Halliburton, walked straight out of his vice presidency into billions of dollars worth of military contracts for, you know, foreign policy, which was botched under his watch and caused unrest, which needed to be handled by, by our military presence. So, 
you know, there's there's a certain amount of uh, self-perpetuation happening that should be addressed. So this hour is very short. We might have to come up with a different avenue here, sir. <laughs> I, I, meant to, I meant to say we should go to break, but, uh, you know, you're, you're the boss. <laughs> well, we went to break, I promise you that. <laughs> but I promise you, in about 56 seconds, uh, this broadcast is over because we have another great show coming in. I personally would like to thank you uh, for doing this quick segment of radio that we did. And but this is what we're gonna do, people. We're gonna we're gonna talk about many issues that concern us as human beings, and we're gonna try to get these ideas out into the airways and over the internet so that we can create dialogue. Email us at oluteradio at gmail. Come back with us. You know, tell us we're idiots. Tell us, oh well, I think about this. We'll read them on air. I promise you. Yeah, we want to hear your feedback, everyone out there in Internet Radio Land. This is this is a conversation that should go on between our our community, and we're just trying to help inspire it in you, and and maybe uh, challenge us with our ideas, with your own um, better ideas. Yes, sir. So this is OU Radio, broadcasting for KU Internet Radio at KU.org. We appreciate you, and this is for humans by humans. I heard. You like to call yourself the devil's favorite demon. <laughs> but you, sir, are no demon. And the devil, nah, man. <laughs> I'd like to let you in on a little secret, man. You ought to be careful who you say those things in front of. Because you never know who might be listening. 